after reading through this book, it challenged me um, to say, regardless if she's comfortable with it, is God telling you to do it? Welcome to the very first episode of Life with Gains podcast. I'm Emmanuel. And I'm his wife, Esther. Our desire as believers uh, is that our faith permeate every aspect of our lives. In many days, we completely blow it. But with this podcast, we invite you on our journey as we figure out how to get through this life with gains. So, as you heard, I am the wife of the wonderful Emmanuel, who is hosting, or actually my co-host, right? Yes, we are both co-hosts. Yes. Um, and we have been married for almost 10 years, nine and a half to be exact. We have four kids, three boys, and one girl. And it's been an amazing journey. I am a former full-time English teacher for seventh grade students, but I'm now a stay-at-home homeschool mom that um, also works part-time. That sounds like a lot. Do I I really do that much, or is it just words? Over the span of our marriage, yes, you've done a lot. Okay, yeah, yeah, I've done a lot, but um, that's who we are. We are very much involved in our community, our church community. We enjoy friends. We enjoy family. Um, We enjoy having fun. Um, We love the beach. And I don't know. We love Legos. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, Esther, why did you want to start a podcast, of all things? Me? I thought this was we. Why did we want to start a podcast? Okay. Esther, why do you think we <laughs> wanted to start a podcast? Um, I know that we have had many discussions between each other um, amongst other families or with other families that have stemmed from my blog that I started in 2014 called Two Aiming... Three Arrows at the Time. Yeah, Three Arrows at the Time, now Four Arrows. So Two Aiming, Four Arrows. And in that blog, I shared just very real-life situations that occurred where I saw Jesus. I mean, to be honest, I saw the work of grace that came... Um, from God in those moments, whether it, is, it was like my son being rebellious and playing basketball when I said not to, or it was moments of severe postpartum depression, um, or fun moments where we went to the beach and, you know, waves came. I tried to steal our child. <laughs> yes. But in essence, just being able to share our highs and our lows and how we see the grace of God in those moments and thus encourage other singles, um, married couples without kids, married couples with kids, grandparents, to just be mindful of the presence of God in everyday life. 
Yeah, so each week we'll be bringing you topics, everything from marriage to parenthood. Uh, we'll touch on th- some things from culture. We'll even talk about some personal development, um, just how we can grow as individuals, as husbands, as wives, as parents. So one thing you can expect each week on our podcast is a special segment. This week, it will be the best thing I heard this week. Mm. So, Esther, what is the best thing you've heard this week? I would definitely have to say that the best thing I've heard was our daughter laughing in the van on the way to Charlotte. Her brothers, we had stopped for lunch and her brothers had gotten a Happy Meal. And in the Happy Meal, there was this toy that apparently shoots disc. And they decided to start shooting themselves in the face or I don't know. But every time that they did that, baby girl would laugh. Like she would laugh. And it's a laugh that like when you hear it, you can't help but laugh. Even today when I played it, um, I don't even know who it was. One of the boys was sitting near me and they just started giggling. Like it's just an infectious, contagious laugh. So that was definitely one of the best things I heard this week. And we'll try, this is our first podcast, so we'll try to get the audio and put it in right here. What is one of the best things that you heard this week? This week for me, it actually happened at the dinner table. Um, We had, uh, so our boys are weirdly picky eaters, (laughs) um, but they, I don't know, they're getting to the point now where if they don't want it, they'll see if their brothers want it, just so their plate can be clean. And they can get their juice mm-hmm. or dessert if we have one that night. Um, so, rare. yeah, so this particular night, um, we had some type of chicken and Justice doesn't like the skin. Oh my gosh. And so the older brother, JC, asked for, he said, Hey, can I have your skin? And Justice's response was, Yeah, you can have it, but you have to share some with Elijah because. I don't have a favorite brother. And that made me smile on the inside uh, because I know at different points we've seen them play favorites. Um, We've seen them isolate one sibling from the others. Um, And so to see him trying to make sure that he's treating both siblings the same, Mm -hmm. um, that was... That was a good moment. That was yes. probably the best thing I've heard this past week. Parent success. No, that was probably just God because <laughs> I can't take credit for that. I can't that. take credit for that. But I, I do believe that the Lord is working in Justice's heart. Oh, yeah. I, I see little stuff here and there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So, but we'll share some more about our kids um, in future podcasts. As Esther mentioned earlier, uh, we've been married for nine and a half years at this point. And for us, for our story, we did not have premarital counseling. No. Um, and that made the beginning of our marriage, most of mm. our marriage, very challenging. Challenging. I think it, I would say Holy Spirit dependent, like whoa, needed to be in the word, in prayer, in the word, in prayer, and have accountability. But I really just, have that. You didn't. I had no accountability. I had some guys, but we had all been married about the same time or less time. We were the oldest couple yeah. at the time in our yeah, in our in our ministry. Um, but I mean, the good thing is we did have couples here and there that mm. were extremely beneficial. Um, I immediately think of the Freemans. Oh yes, where they were. Charles um, and <laughs> Hopefully, you guys are listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, you know, the thing with them is that they were with us. I knew Charles and Shoni when I wasn't dating you. Mm-hmm. And then they were with us through our courtship. So, like, I mean, they've been there. Yeah, I used to come. When I came to Raleigh, I would sleep on their couch. Yeah. And I would try to pick Charles's brain and just get some wisdom. Um, the crazy thing is that was 10, 11 years ago now. Mm-hmm. And... I had a moment a couple months ago where I was like, I am that Charles now. Like there were Uh, younger guys coming to me for some of the same wisdom conversation type things that I was having with Charles 10, 11 years ago. So it's been interesting to see how it's all come full circle. circle. Yes. I love them. Yeah. And I think that, oh, sorry. Did you want to say something? No. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that, um, is a good segue into our topic for tonight. Oh, wait, wait, wait. The other couple that was truly encouraging was your aunt, uncle. Yes. Which ones? I, <laughs> well, I would say when we were courting Aunt Michelle and, and Uncle Curtis. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shout out to the Gibsons. Yes. And guys, we are going to work to get them um, on this podcast. I've already, I sent her a text this morning and I was like, hey, auntie, I need you. We're starting a podcast and we want you guys to oh, be wow. on it. And she said, sure. So Yay. at some point you guys will get to meet this phenomenal couple. Um, they've been, they were instrumental in mm-hmm. our courtship and just early on in our marriage. Very. Yeah. So yeah, so we wanted to share for this first episode or maybe even first two episodes um, our top 10 resources that have blessed or challenged our marriage over the last decade. As we go through our top 10 resources, we thought it would be good to do a giveaway. Giveaway. All right. Everybody loves free stuff. Yes. Today's episode, as well as the next episode, are going to cover books, resources, people, 
whatever that have impacted our marriage. And what we want to do is to bless one person with one of the books that have been such a blessing to us. So from now until Good Friday, which is April 19th, we are asking you guys to follow us on Instagram at... It is at Life with Gains Podcast. And tag a friend. So go to Instagram, follow us, tag a friend in the post, as well as give us feedback, comments on either iTunes or Anchor. If you provide feedback there, be sure to also send us a message. So whether you reach out to us on Instagram or you um, do what you do on Anchor, we will take those as submissions for our first book giveaway. So let me get this right. So all they got to do is follow us on Instagram and tag a friend. That's one entry. Yes. And then if they want an additional entry, all they have to do is give us feedback or give comments about the podcast on either iTunes or they can do a voice recording or on Anchor. Yep. And that will count as two entries. So that will count as two entries. And if you win... So once you win, you can choose any of the books from our list and we're going to get it to you for free. Yes. Any means one just for y'all that, you know, like to be slick. Um, And we will even. (laughs) (laughs) We'll step out. Let's see. We may set some parameters, but. What happens if the person that wins is. Maybe a newlywed or they're engaged, preparing for marriage, and they really need help financially. Would we be willing to pay for a Dave Ramsey class? I think we would. I think it is it is that important that we would invest in that. All right. So there you go. If you win, and that's not to say that you have to choose it, but if you really need the um, financial jumpstart, um, then we will invest in that. So tag a friend, follow us on IG at Life with Gains podcast. Um, be sure to listen to our episodes and then give us feedback. Um, let us know how we're doing. Let us know what we can do to improve. Let us know what are some topics or parts of our lives that you would like to hear. Um, we're open to it all. On that note, let's jump into today's topic. These things are in no particular order. It's just ten nine eight seven six five four three two one. And we'll put this disclaimer out there and say that for us, the Bible is a given. Even in our vows to each other, um, one thing that we said in our vows was that Scripture would be the final authority mm-hmm. in our marriage. Yeah. And so that is a given. So it's not on our countdown list, but it is a given that that is one of the most important resources that you can have as a married couple. Yes. And so our first resource that we found instrumental and mind you, like we decided to split these up. He listed five and then I listed five. And so, but then there were some that kind of overlapped each other and we'll both speak on those. But for this first one, 
It is Manhood Restored by Eric Mason. And this was one of Emmanuel's top 10 resources. Why was this one of your top 10? Yeah, so this book came in. um, I got my hands on this book, uh, I think, in 2013. Um, So this is about four years into marriage. Um, And I'll be honest. Some men may not admit it, but I will be honest and say when we first got married, I was just winging it. I would make decisions that made sense to me. Uh, I wasn't always giving thought to what God wanted or even what was best for my family. Um, When it came time to do the budget, when it came time to decide where to move early on in our marriage, um, because we were going from apartment to apartment. Um, I just thought about what was best for me, what made me comfortable. Um, and so this book, Manhood Restored, um, the entire book is phenomenal. Uh, I strongly encourage you guys to read this book. Um, but there was one chapter that struck a chord with me. And even now, um, every once in a while, I'll go back to this chapter. Um, and the name of the chapter was Restored Vision. And I mean, Guys, I'm going to read. I won't do that. We won't do this for every one, mm-hmm. but I'm going to read um, no, just the opening <laughs> paragraph. Got, like, yes, I've got my little tabs <laughs> in this book and everything. So I know exactly where to go. Oh, um, yeah. So this is chapter six. So if just go to the bookstore and read chapter six, if you don't want to buy the whole no, book. Support Eric Mason and buy the book. Yes, do that. Um, but this says a woman in premarital counseling was asked, what attracted you to your future husband? Most men would hope the answer to that question would be that he was sexy and just too fine to overlook. But this particular woman answered with something less exciting. She stated that the main thing that attracted her to him was his walk with God. Mm, yes. It may come as a shock, man, but having a passion for the Lord and being willing to walk with him and your wife through everything that is thrown at you creates credibility. And this credibility leads to a sexy kind of trust. Your wife knows and trusts you to lead her for no matter where you lead her, she knows you'll be seeking the face of the Lord. Yes. Just that little snippet. um, And that entire chapter just deals with um, just having a vision, the importance of prayer in your marriage and your leadership, And so this book um, and this chapter specifically, it challenged me to truly begin to pray through decisions. So I wasn't just winging it anymore. Um, And this helped me tremendously to lead with courage Uh, because early on in our marriage, I would default to kind of allow Esther to make the final decision because I felt like if she was happy, then we'd be okay, even if. In my gut, I didn't think it was the right decision. Mm. If, like, if she was okay with it, then I'm like, all right, I guess God's in it. You know, we'll we'll go with it. Um, but after reading through this book, it challenged me um, to say, regardless if she's comfortable with it, is God telling you to do it? Mm. Mm. And there was uh, <laughs> stories. <there's, laughs> There's one story in particular uh, that I wanted to bring up, and that was um, when we moved from the house to the duplex, when we downsized, when we were renting the house. I was going to say from the duplex to the house. 
house hunting, but go ahead. Well, yeah, that one too. But I think this one paints a more clear picture because (laughs) we were, we knew we wanted to downsize because we wanted to pay off debt. Um, We had been looking around for different apartments for smaller houses, Mm -hmm. duplexes, whatever. um, And it was just hard to find anything. It was hard to find anything on the side of town that we were on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I ended up going all the way across town, found this duplex, um, been praying about it. And I felt peace about it. And I felt like we were supposed to move forward with getting it. Um, But Esther was not on board. Not at all. It made no sense to me why... As involved as we were in our current ministry to go back to traveling 30 plus minutes from home with kids, it, 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 like it, it was so illogical in my head. I was not in the spirit. I was <laughs> not. With that decision, um, if I was not in prayer and completely willing to trust God in spite of how my wife was feeling at the moment. Um, I could have messed some things up. But like, so I went ahead and signed the lease and Esther had not even seen the apartment. I asked her the duplex. I asked her if she wanted to go and see it before I signed the papers. And nope, nope. I think I was pregnant. I was we had yeah. a newborn. I've been pregnant uh, so many times. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. You were pregnant because we had um, Elijah when we were there. Yes, when we were already there, I so you were pregnant. pregnant. Um, so yeah, so I, I don't. I won't blame it on hormones. I will uh. just say that um, she was not feeling this decision, Mm-mm. but I knew this is where God wanted us to be, and. There were times, even after we stayed there for two years, there were times when she'd get frustrated. But looking back in retrospect, Mm -hmm. we were right where God wanted us to be. Oh, my gosh. Uh, And we were around like literally five minutes from my parents and my sisters. Um, God opened the door for one of our sons to go through like a, what was it called? Not a preschool program, but it was not preschool. I forgot what the term is that they use for four-year-olds. Not Anyway, so that happened. Um, and the amount of times that I actually needed my family in those two years, mm-hmm. like on the spot needed somebody with family emergencies, it, yeah, it was a good, it was a great decision. Yeah. So this book was critical in, um, and preparing me for those moments for that season. So that was number 10. Number nine is actually one of my um, choices. And it is the book titled Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O'Martian. Is it O'Martian? Like a Martian? I'm not even going to try to tell you. Okay. Um, some of you are familiar with this and some of you are not, but she has written a series of books that have the tagline of power of a, so there's power of a praying wife, power of a praying husband, power of a praying parent, 
Um, just a lot of books like that. And I started reading and using this book while we were dating. And I really don't remember why. I think my mom might have had it or somebody might have suggested it. But while E and I were dating, I just started um, reading this book. And the chapters are really short. It's basically where it's kind of set up to where she shares a story. She shares how prayer impacted that situation within that story. And then she kind of gives like a few points of encouragement um, or things to make you think. And then she ends with an actual prayer and scripture. The book chapters, um, they're listed by and like specific things. So um, the first chapter is praying for his work praying for his wife. I'm sorry. Those are actually switched. Praying for his finances, his sexuality, his affection, um, praying for his integrity, praying for his fatherhood, praying for his marriage. And so there's all of these um, chapters that is such a good resource for you to turn to. Like if you feel the need that may to pray for your husband and in terms of maybe temptation or anything like there's an actual chapter that talks about praying for his temptations um praying for his mind so i often use this when i feel inclined that he is struggling in error or i just get this sense or um the holy spirit leads me to pray about something specific and I'm not quite sure, or I want to be more intentional and have, you know, just more, um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking when for. When she don't want to yell at me, she goes and talks to the <laughs> Lord. And this book helps that. <laughs> no, it's not really the case. But this book really is just a great resource to have and to hold and to keep. Um, it helped me to see the need and the power of prayer over Emmanuel from the time we dated to those first few years of marriage for us. Um, and I mean, to now, especially as we have grown in terms of the number of kids we've had, we've had many transitions in terms of me and my job, um, how things are handled around the house, moving, all of these things and understanding that he is a covering. He is a shepherd. He is a provider for this family. It is so necessary for me to have a prayer life, to have a place um, before God concerning him because that affects our entire household. Um, it's helped me to become more aware of him. This book, like, how is he doing? What's he saying? What's he really not saying? Um, and how I can take those things to God. And it, it really did, like, this book really did help establish um, a good habit of, like, discernment and awareness and praying for you whenever I feel like it. Like, I have a habit at night, in the middle of the night, just to turn over and touch E's back or curl up in his back and just to pray. Pray about his day for work the next day. 
um, his mindset, decisions he has to make, praying that he walks in integrity, that he has opportunities to be a light for Jesus, praying for his safety on the road. Like those are just things that I don't know, at night they come up in my mind and I feel like that's God saying, pray for your husband. And so I do. And this book has helped establish that, um, that foundation. Number eight on our top 10 resources list is the book is called Family Shepherds by Vody Body Vody Bacham. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fave. Yes. Uh, it's one of my favorite authors, um, favorite speakers too. One thing um, about me just personally is I try to be very intentional with um, trying to find people of color um, to glean from. And that is nothing against my white brothers and sisters of the faith um, or just white people in general, because um, I'll take wisdom wherever I can get it. Um, but there is, I do take an extra step to see if there are um, authors that look like me. There are um, teachers that look like me. Um, and I would try to bend towards them um, just to see. Because if it's, if it's the gospel, if it's the word, then I'm okay with it. So yeah, so this is, this is one of those books. Um, Family Shepherds, it is... It's not just a marriage book. Um, it is a book for um, both husbands and fathers. So it doesn't just deal with marriage. It deals with our role as um, head of the household. Um, I think it's a, that's a good way to describe the purpose of the book. And one thing that this, this book highlights is that if the family is failing, it is a direct result of the head. Mm, say it um, again for the people in a bit. If the family is failing... It is a direct result of the head. And Ooh. so this book was challenging to read. Um, so this was one of those where I'd read a chapter at most, sometimes just a few pages and go and chew on that for a day or two um, and let that tear up my heart, <laughs> go and repent and try to apply um, and then go back into it. Um, but there were, Two things, um, and I understand we all get different stuff out of books when we read them, um, but there were two things that really brought into focus um, through this book. And one was how marriage is used to sanctify us. Um, because early on, I'll be honest, I thought marriage was to make me happy. I thought it was a safe environment to have sex. Um, I thought it was <laughs> a place to have kids to make memories and money together. Um, but I never... Wait, wait, wait. Make memories and money together. Yeah. Interesting. That's good, right? Put it on a t-shirt. No, I'm not buying that one. But go ahead. <laughs> this book brought in a focus that marriage is used by God as a sanctifier. Um, and it talks about, um, like direct sanctification so those direct moments where there is um, conflict or where you see your sin um, through relationship with your spouse and then it also talked about passive sanctification just in the day-to-day -day going through life with your spouse with your family and how God uses that to sanctify you um, so 
it really challenged me to see marriage as more than just something to make me happy, make me comfortable. Um, and then the other thing that really challenged me in this book, and I think this was probably the biggest point for me, was um, it challenged me to prioritize my family and my role as a leader in the home. Um, because I'll be honest, I didn't really know what it meant to prioritize my family. The picture painted for me um, growing up and even um, in early adulthood was that it was God first and then ministry church was synonymous with God mm. and then family. I um, think that's a common scary error that I feel is prevalent in the body like yeah. church. Yeah. So we would put God first, but then we would make church or ministry synonymous with God. So if we are a good Christian, then we would sacrifice time with our family to go um, preach somewhere or to be in church all the time or whatever, to be involved in ministry. The um, we, works of yeah. ministry. Um, but I think the Bible is clear. Um, it's like if you don't take care of your own household, how are you going to go and minister and share with somebody else? You can't. Yeah. So this book really highlighted that. It really helped me to prioritize my family because we were um, heavily involved in ministry. Um, Prior to dating, like you yeah, since, were involved. Since salvation. Yeah. Um, we both in our separate ministries at the time, like we were heavily involved. I mean, I did everything from youth pastor, college pastor, worked on finance, worked in parking lot, um, worked as pastor's armor bearer, um, like you name it. I was involved in it. Um, and after we got married, um, we kept that same momentum. Uh, there were many times that we used to call our first child car seat baby oh because gosh. we would have meetings or <sighs> dance practice or whatever. And we would just put him in his car seat and we would be um, engaged in ministry. Doing uh, thing. Yeah. And so there was, uh, I had to learn to prioritize my family. Um, so we would just, we would think that we were glorifying God. Um, and I think to an extent God was glorified yeah. in our sacrifice. Um, but ultimately it came with a I was not leading well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so this book helped me to begin to prioritize my family to begin to say, no, I can't be involved in everything in ministry. Um, I can still, show my family God mm -hmm. and not be in church every night of the week. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I'm grateful that Eric, I mean, Vadi Bakum wrote that book and he read it. And I feel like that really, it set a precedence in our family. Like I can, I can remember where this shift took place um and i wasn't there yet so there was some tension and on my part some basically growing up i needed to do and through eeg i was really convicting me of like how i was moving as a mother as a wife um and just where my priorities were in terms of taking care of my kids and taking care of my husband so i was i'm really grateful for 
the work that Vadi Bakken put into writing that book because it greatly impacted our family. And since we're talking about Vadi Bakken, he's just one of our family faves. I am recommending Family Driven Faith. He also wrote that book. This is number seven. Yes. You're keeping track. <laughs> this is number seven. Family Driven Faith by Vadi Bakken. Um, this is a book. You know, you have those books that you read and you have to like slowly go through it, but then you pick up momentum and after you read it, it's like, whoo, just like somebody punched you in your chest or you drank something cold and it's like all up in there. This like radically, radically shifted my mindset as a wife and a mother. I'm just going to read, um, a quote from the introduction of this book. And it kind of explains the, like, it kind of paints the picture for the whole book. He says, Our children are falling away because we are asking the church to do what God designed the family to accomplish. Um, and so throughout this book, he is explaining God's design in terms of husband, wife, family. And then goes into God's design for the church and talks about the responsibility of discipleship that falls on the family, the parents, and not the church. The church is just an aid. Um, This is where I just, I mean, it's the first time I encountered the terminology of biblical worldview and secular humanism in the realm of like, how we live our lives. Like when we talk about nature, when the kids ask about the sun or they ask about bugs or they ask about all the varying species that exist, what am I teaching them? And how does that go back to creationism or, um, all of those things? Like just when we talk about, uh, why we don't drive our cars across the wall. Well, who gave us this house? How do we take care of this blessing that was giving us? So like the language part of it. Yeah, I think that um, it reminds me of a conversation I had with, um, or we had with uh, Uncle Mike. Yeah. There was one thing that he said, and I think I still have that piece of paper. And we just had a um, FaceTime conversation or something. And one thing that he said that, and this was five, six years ago now, mm-hmm. um, he said, do everything you can to make God normal in the home. Yes. And that struck such a chord with me uh, because he talked about how, like, it's the picture painted is that we have to make it, make God this sacred thing um, where set aside everything else. You have your time with God. Mm-hmm. You have your time with ministry. You have your prayer time. Um, but he was like, no, like show your children and even show your spouse how God is intertwined into every aspect of life. Yes. And so that, yeah, it, it made me think about that. I feel like these were complementary um, in terms of timing. I feel like we got this book yes. and that conversation were about the same season. I think you're right. I feel like I was ending this book or in the middle of this book in that time frame where we were having those FaceTime 
conversation with Uncle Mike and Aunt Jill. Um, this book forced me to not just see things with a natural eye, but to view them from a spiritual biblical perspective in order to see root causes. And this is something that our previous church was big on too, in addressing like, why do you do the things that you do? And so when, you know, I'm thinking about how I interact with Emmanuel, why am I snappy right now? What is going on with me or around me or in my atmosphere? My child is repeatedly being disobedient. What is going on underneath? Is he tired? Did he really not hear me? Which was one child we discovered he really was not hearing. <laughs> that boy I had to take him to the doctor, get his ears checked. And there was something wrong. Oh, man. Lord. Yes. But yeah. And, um, it just made it just overall this book just made me think more about the bigger picture keeping the bigger picture in mind to explain why and how the small details are done um don't give away the whole book and okay yeah so i really think you guys should um get that book yes (laughs) it is a good book Uh, we both have our own copies that we have marked up but some of us have not finished reading it i ain't we trying to keep it real okay (laughs) can't even say nothing number six on our top 10 resources that have blessed or challenged our marriage over this last decade is dave ramsey this one yeah (laughs) because we both uh, this one was a game changer for us Mm mm-hmm um, and that's not to say, I'll, I will go ahead and say that is not to say that we have followed all the baby steps to a T, um, but it definitely changed our financial situation. Yes. We, how do we end up taking the financial piece? Oh, well, not trying to toot my own horn, but I have been sharing this class with you. Or I might have been the nagging wife, trip, trip, trip. I don't know. I feel like it was something that I wanted to do for a while. And I was telling you about it. And I was listening to his show. And yeah, I was just you like, had me oh. start listening to it as well. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, see, there's going to be a class like right around the corner from the duplex that I did not want to move to. <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> and so, well, it was a gift. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a gift from me to you, right? Yeah. So the what led to the gift um, was actually um, just the Lord working on my heart, um, talking about the oneness of marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll just try to make it real quick. Uh, so basically. Early on in our marriage, um, we both worked for a period. And then after our second son, Mm -hmm. um, Esther came home full time um, to be with the boys. And so um, money was tight in different seasons. Mm -hmm. And there were some things that were paid, some things that weren't paid. And one of those things that um, wasn't being paid was Esther's student loan. Mm -hmm. Um, And... For whatever reason, um, because I was focused on myself, um, that's the reason, that's not whatever reason, (laughs) Um, I was focused on myself, 
Um, I was making sure that my student loan was paid each month, um, but I wasn't making sure Esther's was paid each month. Um, and the Lord was just dealing with me um, in that, like, how can you, like the Bible talks about, you know, love your wife as yourself, um, like who would not take care of themselves, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and that scripture really highlighted, yeah, really highlighted um, what was going on in the natural mm. realm um, is that I was not loving Esther as myself because I was only focused on myself. I wasn't focused on her student loans um, and making sure that her name was good. Um, and so as I was preparing for a new year, um, working on goals and stuff, something that we try to do each year, um, I decided to, I don't even remember where I got the money from, Invest. but Sorry. yes, I invested that hundred dollars into the class and gave it to her, um, on my birthday. So I gave her a present on my birthday. Um, and we went to that class and it changed, changed us. Yes, we we both knew we had different financial backgrounds, but we didn't realize how different they were. Um, and it just became more clear in that course because it's what ten weeks. I think so. Yeah, um, almost about three months. It became so clear to us where our faults were, where what our strengths were, um, what our weaknesses were what who was the saver and the spender the nerd and the i forget um and then even in the course of that time we were able to pay off the credit card paid off a couple yeah a couple like got an emergency fund in yes just within those three months because i think the biggest thing thing for us was legacy we had kids and I knew, I mean, I just didn't want that. I still don't want that to be on our kids or them to walk through this um, as we are or as we were. Yeah. So Dave Ramsey, thank you. Um, yeah. So we went through the class, um, got on our budget, took care of some debt, got our emergency fund um, and we kept having kids, so we slowed the pace. <laughs> we slowed the pace a little bit um, in terms of um, yes. knocking out debt. But I mean, for for a season, um, the only thing we had left was the student loans. Like we we've paid off both of our cars, and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, this book or his ministry yeah. um, has helped us a lot. So that is number six on our list. I hope you guys have been enjoying our top ten countdown. We're going to pause right here and we're going to pick it up next week as we give you the last five on our top 10 resources that have blessed or challenged our marriage. So be sure to follow us at Life with Gains podcast. That is the podcast Instagram. And then you can follow me at Life with underscore Emmanuel on IG. And you can follow Esther at Two Aiming for Arrows. There you have it. So join us next time as together we shuffle through this crazy life with With gains. gains.